Thank you, God. You mind just playing through the service? Is that I know your hands are probably tired. I hope not to be long. Thank you, praise team. Genesis chapter 3, and I'm just going to kind of just jump for the next 10, 15 minutes. Something happens in the garden that causes separation. What happens is we understand the whole circumstance of Lucifer coming in as a simple garden snake, as a serpent. It's amazing in Genesis 3 it says he's a garden snake or a small serpent. Revelation 12 at the end of time he's become the great serpent. How sin can grow so easily. And what happens next is something that most of us can probably talk about. We, whether what, what kind of fruit it was, we don't really want to sit and go back and forth about that. As man partakes of the fruit. And when he does, immediately he's tempted with three different things that are found in 1 John 2.16, if you write notes, the three temptations of man. The same temptations that Jesus came up against in Luke chapter 4. Pride of life, lust of the flesh, and lust of the eye. All three of them were tempted as temptations to Jesus. And here they are now, Genesis 3, something simple. Isn't it amazing how the devil's been using the same plan against man all these years? And after man fails, God himself creates a sacrifice. Mm. Takes some animal fur, covers man. And in Genesis 3.24, he has an angel standing guard with a sword of fire, protecting the whereabouts of the Garden of Eden. Genesis 19.24, Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed with fire from heaven. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and Deuteronomy chapter 9 and Hebrews 12.29 says this, For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a God of fire. And what happens next in Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 is Moses has an encounter with a burning bush. I've got somewhere to go, so I'm going to be as quick as I can to get there. In this burning bush, the bush is not consumed, but it's yet on fire. He tells Moses, he says, take off your shoes. I'm just going to do that. Is that okay? He says, take off your shoes. For the place you stand is holy ground. And and I, I, I begin to wonder... What the importance of that was. Number one, the presence of God can make any place holy. (laughs) 
I'll say it again. The presence of God can make any place holy. I don't know about you, but God can take anything that's unclean and he can make it clean. God can take something that's unholy and make it holy. Anybody believe that in this house besides me? And his presence made the place a holy place. But I wondered why I asked him to to take off his shoes. And I realized that he didn't want anything between him, his flesh, and himself, and the presence of God. (laughs) Sometimes we have a tendency of allowing things to come between us and the presence of God. Can I get an amen right there? We allow people, we allow circumstances, we allow situations to stop us from getting in the presence of God. And now in Exodus chapter 13, around 19 through 21, it talks about as they're leaving, the children of Israel leaving out of bondage. I don't know, most of us don't know exactly how many he led out of bondage. Some say four million. Jesus says Moses was the greatest pastor in the Bible. Let four million people out of bondage. And he gets out to the edge of the wilderness. And they could have went. The Bible says they could have went by the way of the Philistines. But no, God said, we're going to go this way. He says, but I will lead you. With a cloud by day. And a fire by night. presence of God has always been represented by fire even into the place that he he told Moses he said I want you to build a place where I can come and meet with you you ever played football same size of football field that was a pretty good sized temple broken up in three places walls that were 15 foot wide 15 foot high 45 foot wide Three different places, and the very last place was called the Holy of Holies. Josephus said that the veil of the temple could not be pulled away, could not be pulled in part, even by two horses on each side. Behind there was the Ark of the Covenant. And a blue flame came down from heaven. Blue light. set upon the Ark of the Covenant. Moses, I want you to go and set up a line of priests. Get your brother Aaron to be the first of the priests. I'm just teaching right now. Is that okay? We're going to start a line of priests. Priest is going to be responsible for the sacrifices upon the altar. What happens is in Leviticus chapter 9, I think it is. Do you have that? You put that on the screen. This is where I want to start. He says, command Aaron and his sons. This is the law of the burnt offering. Keep going real quick. The burnt offering shall always be upon the heart of the altar all night until morning. And the fire of the altar shall never burn out. That's what you started singing a minute ago. Keep going. And the fire upon the altar shall be kept burning on it. 
shall never be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn upon it the fat of the peace offerings. Father God, I just ask for the next few moments. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds. Receive what you want us to receive. God, that you'll speak a word to us. speak to us in this last day. Fire shall always be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. All the priests, the high priests, that was their responsibility. Don't let the fire go out. Then all of a sudden in 1 Samuel chapter 3, what happens is, is this. The boy Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation or vision. It came to pass that while Eli was laying down in his place, his eyes began to grow dim. And he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle, where the ark of God was his main responsibility was to keep the fire burning his main responsibility was to keep the fire burning I saw this and I found something so profound for me that I I, I think it needs to be said tonight. What happened next is something that scares me. Eli had two sons, Hopni and Phineas. 4,000 in, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, 4,000 are slain. Hopni and Phineas are watching over the Ark of the Covenant. What happens is they're killed, and the Ark is stolen by the Philistines. Word gets back to Eli. Eli is sitting on a stool. Eli falls off backwards, breaks his neck, and dies instantly. Phineas' wife is nine months pregnant. 
She hears that her husband has been slain. She hears that her father-in-law is now dead. She goes into labor. And when she goes into labor, she has a child. And she names the child Ichabod. Because the presence of the Lord had left. I'm going to get real tonight. I may lose my license after this sermon. What's happened today in our Pentecostal church? What's happened today in the church of God? What's happened today in the church of God in Christ? What's happened today in the, in, in the assemblies of God? In the places that I've went? We no longer have a fire going. And we no longer have the Shekinah glory anymore. Because we've allowed things to come in our way. And we... My Lord, this is tough. We've tried to be seeker sensitive. I preached up in Chicago at a big assembly of God church. Went across to this side of the stage, and about the time I got over here, they had a fog machine, and it went. And I'm surrounded by all this smoke. I go over to the other side about that time. I looked at the pastor. I said, Pastor, if you think this fog machine is going to represent the Shekinah glory of God, you're mistaken. What we've done is we've tried to take worldly things and we've tried to make the power of God representing that. I don't think anybody getting this yet. But a fog machine ain't going to show the presence of God. And just because you've got some cool lights that show a blue flame doesn't mean we can have the presence of God. What we need in this last day is an old-fashioned move of God where the fire of God will fall again. Sister Sarah, they turned me off, I guess. What happened next is this. Pastor stood up and said, If you have a word from the Lord, please come to me. And if you need to speak in tongues, we've got a room out here in the hallway. And what's happened is, is we no longer believe in the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And what's happened now is we don't understand that 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says that tongues are not for the believer but for the unbeliever. And everybody outside these four walls are looking for the fire of God and they can't find it. But I'm just wondering if there's anybody in this room that will say, I still believe in the Holy Ghost. I still believe in the fire of God. I still want the presence of Almighty God. Anybody believe that in this room? Oh! got an answer I've got an answer for us I've got an answer tonight 
all this stuff. Is that okay? I finally figured out I want the presence of God here, Mr. Adidas. That's your name, right? He says Adidas. I want the presence of God to be here in this sanctuary. I want to see the Shekinah glory here. I I want to see the fire of God fall here. I I want that. I want that, Pastor Darnell, at your church. I I want it in every church across America. I want the fire of God. And it ain't going to happen just because we come together and we play tiddlywinks. What we need is some people that are hungry for a move of God. This can't be a social club. This can't be just because we're coming to pay a tithe or a just something. Boys, I may lose my license tonight. I'm telling you, this is tough. I wrote this sermon a couple weeks ago when when the lights went out, when this storm came through, and I lit a candle. And this is what God told me. He said, David, he said, what's happening is the light is no longer infiltrating the darkness. The darkness is now infiltrating the light. And we are as a church, we have 31,000 different denominations. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you this, he's not coming back for a bribe that, that the five foolish virgins don't have their candles lit he's coming back for uh, five wise virgins that that have their candles waxed and 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 trimmed and lit and he's coming back for a bride that is passionate that is on fire for him and i finally figured this out i'll make it quick two different things that happens Go on to that next verse. I want to just touch and show exactly what he showed me. I saw where Joshua. Joshua went in and, and he got a glimpse of the presence of God. You say, how did that happen? Joshua chapter 1. He says, I'm not Moses. Sean's probably saying, I'm not Tommy Sandifer. I'm not Moses. Well, I didn't call you to be Moses. I called you to be Joshua. And as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Be not dismayed, be not confused. He says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, and I'll never fail you. Tells him three different times. Joshua 1, 5, 7, and 9. Then in Joshua 5.15, he has a moment. He says, Joshua, take off your shoes. I'll double dog dare you take off your shoes. I don't care if it smells bad or not. Take off your shoes. We're going somewhere tonight. I don't care if it smells like corn chips in here. says, Joshua, when you go into Jericho, he says, every place that you set your foot, not your shoe, 
every place that you set your foot, I'm going to take it back from the enemy. And he said, not only that, I'm going to make it a holy place, just like I made a holy place for Moses. What would happen tonight if we understood that God's about to give us Chillicothe? Now, I know that's, that's good preaching, and we can clap, and we can shout, and that's good. But I want to see a move of God that was going to affect our families. I want to see a move of God that's going to change our city. I'm tired of everything always just being the same old, same old. I'm ready to see a move of God that's about to sweep across Chillicothe. That's about to sweep across Missouri. That's about to sweep across the United States of America. It ain't going to happen just because we're political. It ain't going to happen because we got programs. It ain't going to happen just because we're popular. We've got to have the presence of Almighty God. Anybody believe that in this house? going to fix our nation ain't going to be a president (laughs) it's when the church starts having a move of God again prove it I will you ready there's a lot of people outside these four walls can't get insurance you say well that, that don't make sense that's not biblical I understand that but they're going to look for a place where they can get healed. <laughs> My brother called me. said, I've got stage four cancer. He said, I'm covered up in my chest, my stomach. He said, my lower regions. And now it's affected my eye. He said, David, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. I said, that's great. I went home to Kentucky to see my dad. And he said, David, he said, he ain't going to be around next Christmas you need to go see him so I drove 2800 miles in four days to go see my brother I got there I laid hands on my brother and I said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I believe you can I believe God's stage four is nothing against you and I speak in the name of Jesus by the stripes upon your back Lord Jesus I believe he can be healed Two days later, we went to see the the oncologist at the University of Michigan. They went ahead and did another, what they call a PET scan. Went back the next morning. He sat me down. He said, let's look at the PET scan. Here's the PET scan from last time. Here's the PET scan from this time. He said, he's got one little spot under his armpit now. He's got one little spot right there in his belly button. And he said, and the spot behind his eye is gone. Now he said, listen, he said, listen, we, we, we have not done any treatment. <laughs> I don't know how it's shrinking, but it's shrinking on its own. And I said, well, so what are you saying? He said, he went from stage four, he's down to stage three. In about a week, he'll be at stage two without any chemo. You say, well, that, that don't make sense. Yeah, that makes sense because I still believe there's power in the name of Jesus. I still believe there's power in the blood of Jesus. I still believe he's the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. I still believe he's a miracle-working God. Anybody believe that in this house? There's people that's going to be coming to our doors, going to be looking to be healed. Joshua found that out and he said this in Joshua 24, 15. He had it on the screen a minute ago and it's still there. 
says, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me, keep going. Next part. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. (laughs) What that means is, as much as I want the presence of God to be here, (laughs) I want the presence of God to be at my home too. It's amazing some of the junk we let in our televisions. It's amazing some of the junk we let in our our computers off the internet. But I'm telling you, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Anybody else believe that in this house? Somebody said, do you believe in Netflix? No, I don't like Netflix because they show Jesus as a homosexual. So we canceled our Netflix. We don't hardly watch any television anymore. But I can tell you this. As for me and my wife and my house, we play praise and worship music. And we have a move of God in our house. And we can have the Spirit of God as strong in our house as we can in church. Anybody else believe that? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. can't be just always here a true worshiper can have church anywhere true worshiper can have church in the car sometimes you'll hear a song on the radio and next thing you know you're you're having to pull over on the side of the road and just stop and do a praise break and I'm just going to stop for a minute and say God I thank you for saving me God I thank you for healing me God I thank you for delivering me anybody else done that before And he says, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm almost done, I promise. This is really simple tonight. Go on to that next verse. Watch this. Going backwards. There you go. Paul says two different times. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. And he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know? That you are a temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. As much as I want a move of God here in this church. As much as I want a move of God at my house. I want the fire to be on the inside of me as well. lights anybody know how to do these lights turn off those lights except for the stage I'll leave the stage lights on okay there we go and I think it's time that we see the fire on the altar again I think it's time that we understand that there's a fire that he's trying to start again I think it's time that we understand that God's trying to raise up not just a Pentecostal church because there's some Baptist churches now that believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not just about us being Pentecostal. He's trying to bring a move of God that's going to sweep across the nation. And He's trying to start fires across this nation. John Kilpatrick said, if you know who John Kilpatrick is, He was the pastor of Brownsville Assembly down in Pensacola. He said in 2010, right before he went out and started his new church, 
He said in the next 10 years, he says there's going to be these little fires that start around this nation. It won't be just another Brownsville. And he said, I believe there's something going to happen in the middle of the United States. <laughs> I'm tore up. You, you Get ready. So I, 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 I leave here. If y'all remember the revival service we had here. Had 160 people packed in this place on Wednesday night. I left here and I drove to a place called Coffeeville, Kansas. And did my first revival in Coffeeville. Something happened in Coffeeville that started. It's still going on now. It's called the Coffeeville Outpouring. Every weekend now, anywhere from 800 to 1,200 people show up in the same spot because the fire was poured out. I went out to Oregon. People say you can't have a revival in Oregon. Now you've got six churches coming together every weekend. And they're having a revival in Oregon. Ever since October 31st. Went down to Louisiana. Louisiana, they're they're having a revival every other weekend. Where the last time I went in, you couldn't even sit down. The place is this big and, and people are standing room only. People are standing around the walls, hungry for God. Why are you saying that, preacher? Because I believe God's about to do something in Chillicothe. And I believe God's about to do something in this community. And I believe God's trying to do something. He's trying to start a fire again. And I want to see if God is ready to do it, if we're ready to do it. And the only way it's going to happen is we say, God, I want to see your Shekinah glory here. Yes, I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to sense it. I want to see it not only here. I want to see it at home. But more importantly, God, I want to see the fire of God on the inside of me again. This is how you do it. Real simple. Come here. I feel like messing with you tonight. Lay down here on the altar. What happens is, is I found two scriptures that make sense to me. First Peter two and nine says, "We are a chosen generation." Look at your neighbor and say, "You're chosen." John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me. I chose you. Then he says, You're a royal priesthood. A peculiar people. A holy nation. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness (laughs) into his marvelous light. And when it says we are a royal priesthood, God is putting us at the same place as in the line of Aaron. 
And he's saying something has to be sacrificed upon the altar before the fire can fall. Well, that's good. Something's got to die on the altar. You're probably saying, I should have never laid down on this altar right now. Something's got to be sacrificed upon the altar. And I found this scripture in Romans chapter 12. Watch this. Where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He's saying this. Something on the inside of you is going to have to die before you can get the fire back again. Whether it's your pride. If we're going to have a move of God, it cannot be about one person. It cannot be about one minister. Sister Sarah, I love T.D. Jakes. And as much as I love Bishop Jakes, I I, I know it's not just about him because he understands it's not about him, it's about God. And we have to get to a place where it cannot be about a minister, can't be about a pastor, can't be about a praise team, can't be about an evangelist. It has to be about Jesus. He says, as a serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And if I am lifted up, I will draw all men, all men unto me. Anybody believe it's got to be about Jesus in this house? got to get to a place that something's got to die (laughs) you driving home tonight you better he's getting tore up in the Holy Ghost and I finally figured this out for me it helps me to understand where I'm going to get the fire on the inside Fire is something that cleans away and burns away. And there's things that have to be burned away on the inside of us. There's some things that have to be burned away on the inside of our church. There's some things that need to be burned away on the inside of our houses. There's some things that need to die. I'll prove it. Isaiah chapter 6 said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. But it says, after King... Uzziah died. King Uzziah was the one who was considered to be the king of military achievements. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord in his beginning. But at the end of time, he went and he tried to burn incense upon the altar. He was struck with leprosy. And he went from the king who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord to what they called the king of pride. So what that actually means is pride had to die on the altar before the presence of God could come back into the house of God. Wow. I finally figured this out when I 
When I, I, I mean, I get some weird stuff, okay? So y'all just play along with me. You stay there for a minute. You're good. You're good. Just hang tight. When I was in children's church, Pastor Darnell, we used to sing a song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Going to Let It Shine. Then we'd sing, put under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan burn it out, I'm going to let it shine. Y'all ever sang that or is it just me? And I finally figured out something. You can just sit there. I found this in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. (laughs) Can I tell you this? Just keep it right there for a minute. Can I tell you this? I'm tired of the sounds that's coming out of our government. I'm tired of the sounds that's coming out of Hollywood. I'm tired of the sounds that's coming out of the the media and all the stuff that's going on television. I'm even tired of the sounds that's coming out of the NFL and the NBA, those guys that won't stand for the American flag and all the junk that goes on at the Super Bowl. I'm tired of all that mess. What we need again in the house of God is a sound of the rushing mighty wind to fill the house again. Anybody believe that in this room? filled the house where they were sitting then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them we were the first original candles I hope you ain't got gel in your hair we were the first original candles And just like that one over there, we can't let the fire go out. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Later in Acts chapter 2, 120 stumbled out of the upper room, out into the street. These men are drunk with new wine. Simon Peter said, no, these men are not drunk with new wine, as you would suppose, for it's only 9 o'clock in the morning or the third watch of the day. But this is that, which is what the prophet Joel has spoken. In the last day, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. What's happening right now is we need to get a fresh fire of God for us to start having a vision again. We need a fresh fire of God for us to have dreams again. And we need the fresh fire of God that will stumble outside these four walls and go out into the streets and start showing everybody that the fire of God can change them. That the presence of God can... Anybody believe that in this room? Or we can let the fire go out. 
It's your decision. It's your decision whether you're going to let the fire continue to go. And I came by to say one thing. What did you just do? Did you just dab? That was cool. Do it again. That's good. The wind of the Holy Ghost can actually take and begin to fan the flame. Jesus, when he's being baptized, John the Baptist said one important thing. He said, I'm not worthy to unloose his sandals. I can't take off his shoes. He said, I indeed baptize you with water. But the one coming after me, he's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. And then he says, and in his hand is the fan. And he's about to start blowing the wind. If you need fresh fire, if you need your candle to be lit again. Last time I was here, I told the story. Last time I was here, I told the story of what we would call Yosemite Firefall. They said, we're no longer going to have the Yosemite firefall anymore because it costs us too much, takes too much time. And I'm just wondering if we're ready to have a fire again. Not only are we ready to have a fire, we're we ready to see some things die in our lives that shouldn't be there. I said it this morning, I'll say it again, I struggle with doubt sometimes. I struggle with doubt. And I didn't mean to embarrass you, Mr. Adidas, but in the, in the times that I've watched people be healed, I've seen two people come back from the dead. That stuff happens. I've seen blinded eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen people, 13 people get up out of wheelchairs. And, and this is the thing. I still doubt sometimes. If that can happen. I still look and say, I don't know, God, are you able to still do that? Even though I've seen stuff like that happen across this nation. So tonight, my fire has to burn away my doubt. Fire needs to burn away some pride. The fire needs to burn away some hurts. Either way, I want the fire. Either way, I want the fire. Either way, I want the fire again. Anybody else want fresh fire again? Raise your hands if that's you. If you say, God, I'm ready for you to go ahead and just wave the fan on my flames again. I'm ready for the coals of fire. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Marilyn, he's not, he's not that emotional, is he? This is not like him. 
You better get here quickly. Fire of God. Fire of God. Start again. 